Hey, this is Abby Sawcheck. Welcome to the New Culture Church podcast. Our vision is to create the culture of Christ in Madison, one person, one place at a time. We believe this happens through being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what he did. And we hope that the teachings and the content you find here will help you do just that. We also know that these are trying times. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us through our website. We would love to connect with you. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Speak. 
in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so again, I'm just going to kind of give, give you the main thing that I want you to get out of this message and our big so what today is that Jesus came for a relationship. He resurrected for a relationship with you, and he is still pursuing relationship with us today. And so now what do we do with that? Well, we have to invest in our relationship with Jesus. So like I said, it's a week from Easter. We're kind of supposed to be done wrapping up the story, but there's just so much here and I want us to take a minute to kind of set the scene of, of what was happening. And I want you to try and picture what you would have done in this moment. So these men had heard of what had happened, and they're walking alongside, and they're talking about Jesus. They're asking each other these questions. And it says things like past tense where it says we had hoped he was going to be the one to redeem Israel. Right? So that's telling us that something had shifted down in their hearts where, like, they didn't have that hope anymore. Because it was the third day, and Jesus said by that point he was going to be raised back to life. And little do they know that they are talking about Jesus, that they're actually talking to Jesus. And he's kind of like, hey, hey, let me in. Can I be in on this conversation? And I think, again, sometimes we look at these moments, and we think, well, surely they would have known that it was Jesus standing there. Surely. Well, apparently a lot of people saw him and didn't recognize him. And maybe somebody here would have been that one special person, and you're like the chosen one that would have known that it was Jesus. But so many people saw him and dismissed it and did not recognize that the one they were talking about was trying to talk to them. And instead, they were so busy just going to what was ahead and what was next that they missed the Jesus that was right there in their midst, in their presence. Now, I want to go through a couple different things here today, um, but as I thought of this, one of the only ways that I could try and picture like what this would be like is, has anybody ever seen that show, Undercover Boss, before? Okay, so like, it's an undercover boss, right? Even if you haven't seen it, I think you can kind of get what I'm trying to say here. So the boss goes in, and he's undercover, and then one of the things is they start like asking the employees, like after spending time with them, they start eventually like, there's like, oh, how do you like working here? And then they get to like the real questions where they're like, tell me the worst thing that's ever happened to you and what you hate about this place. And then they get like the honesty, right, after time. And I kind of love this about Jesus, that at first he didn't just say, hey guys, it's me, hello, welcome back. But he took time to talk with them, and he had these honest conversations where they're like, we had hoped, and now we don't know anymore, and now we have these questions. And doesn't that even show us so much about our Jesus? Is that he wants to have the full version of our whole selves. He wants us to be honest with him and to know that he can handle our honest questions. He can handle our honest doubts of what we're feeling, and he wants to walk with us anyways. He didn't just say the second that they had said we had hoped and now we're, you know, we're kind of not sure. He didn't walk away then. He continued to walk with them. But what I love here is who Jesus came to. He first came to this man named Cleopas, which we really don't know much about. And in a way, you would look at scripture and say he wasn't a very important person. right? He was just some common man. Then he, he does eventually appear in his 11 apostles, but, but not in some significant, again, apparent way. We talked about last week that he first he appears to the women, and the women are some of the first to go and to preach the gospel. But we, we see that he just keeps appearing in these common yet unexpected ways. A couple years ago, um, I went to see one of my uh, favorite artists at the time, and I remember I was in Chicago at this big outdoor venue, and he had gone first, and so he was like the first one to open up for this other band. And I'm like sitting there with all my friends, and like, this is so amazing, and this 
moment, I'm like, he's like a celebrity. I mean, he kind of is. But it's like, he's a celebrity, he's famous, like all of this stuff. And the second that the next band starts playing, all of a sudden, I look over, and one of my friends just goes, oh my gosh, Abby, look. And no joke, like, I'm sitting here on a nice little picnic blanket, and we had some sushi that night, it was real great. And all of a sudden, he's like walking right next to the blanket, but just like a normal person. And I just kind of like look, and like, us, not just to sit next to us or, or rule above us. 
right? And sometimes that's so hard for us to understand in our human idea of what power looks like. But we see this demonstrated time and time again that when Jesus resurrected, it wasn't this like bait switch of like, this is who I am before I'm raised back to life. He was still the same Jesus. And even so much, I think, man, if I was Jesus, I would have been running straight to Pilate himself and being like, look at me now. Look at me now. But he doesn't. That's not who he goes to. He appears to common people. He appears to women who have been dismissed and looked past. He didn't come back again as this high and mighty, and it shows us that he was still concerned first about relationship and not just getting revenge, right? That that Jesus' priority was still to go after those who were seeking him. He still wasn't after some worldly status. He didn't need that. And he shows us that time and time again. But I just can't help but think what it would have been like for those men if only they knew that they, as they're talking about Jesus, as they're asking each other those questions, that Jesus was just standing there waiting for them to turn to him. And how many times in our own lives do we sit around and we keep talking about Jesus? We keep asking each other these questions when we have the written word of God that we can sit before his Holy Spirit that is within us and we can talk to him and we can commune with him and be with him. And so, again, if there's a very few things that you get out of this today, know that Jesus wants to be with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to speak to you. And he showed this next. The next thing that we see that Jesus does after he appears to these common people is, is he just ate with them in this common place. And we see that once again, he's taking the common and making it through mind. So we're going to keep reading in scripture today. And I'm also going to silence my computer as somebody's texting me right now. All right, let me keep reading in scripture. It says, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. That had to be a really funny moment. I just want to know sometimes, like, God, what are you thinking in these moments? Um, Then they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together, saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them, and they broke the bread. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. So now Jesus is back. He like disappears. He's back. There's a lot going on here. Uh, they were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? Again, guys, I just love sometimes the humor in scripture. Jesus is like, Why are you troubled? It's like, Because you disappeared and then you came back. That's why I'm troubled here. And he says, Look at my hands and feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. All right, so um, what I love about this is that Jesus is showing us that he's kind of like the show-and-tell God, right? Where I think there's so many different ways that God has chosen to, to save the world and to give us opportunity to have a relationship with him forever, but he does it through sending Jesus so that we can physically see God in humankind, like God in flesh, like coming, and, and that's such a beautiful thing that we get to experience. And so Jesus isn't just saying, he's like, I'm not just going to stand off here and shout things at you. He's like, see, come see my hands. Come see it. And then the next thing that I love that we see here is that he stays long enough to what it says to explain all things. 
he stays long enough. So he sits with them, he shows them, and he stays long enough to explain all things. You see, what, what I see here is that Jesus knew that experience enough wasn't going to be able to sustain them. So he wanted to remind them of the scriptures. He wanted to remind them of all the things that he had done. But more than anything, we see that he does this once again in a common space. You think it's so easy for us to separate the sacred and the secular to the common and the place where we can come and meet with God. But Jesus is showing them once again, like, I want to come into all areas of your life. The ones where you show up expecting me, the ones where you show up and you have no idea that that's the place that I want to come and be. Jesus wants to show up, not just to meet with us, but also to use us to help other people experience his glory. Now, there's a few things about the way that I live my life that sometimes surprise people when I talk about it. A lot of times, right, like I speak and, and people hear me talk and they're like, oh, she must be really extroverted and outgoing. And I am not. I need my alone time. I need my quiet. And when I travel, it's usually one of those times where I wish, and sometimes I'm like, I feel guilty because I'm like, I wish I was that pastor that's like everywhere I'm at. I'm like, I just want to talk to everybody and I want to hear your life story. And what's funny is that like that tends to happen to me a lot, but it's usually like it just happens and I'm like, okay, here we go. We can do this. I'm not like, I'm like going after it, which again, we're working on it. The Lord's changing my life constantly. But um, a few weeks ago when I was traveling, I had a couple really long Uber rides, like really long. And every single one, I got their whole life story. And by like the third one, I was like, Lord, please, like, I just want to look out the window and rest. And he's like, jokes on you, Abby. You got a friendly one again. And again, I'm going to sound like a terrible person because I love talking to people and hearing their life story. But something does happen. Like, I do feel like it's hard for me to relate. Of like, how do you share your faith, you know, not in the church? Because it happens real quick. When someone says, what do you do for a living? I'm a pastor. They mistake me for a priest. They think they're a professional. And next thing you know, I know everything they've ever done in their life. And we're there. The things I know about strangers, my friends. But I literally had dinner, okay? I had dinner with some friends before, like, my flight. And I was joking with them. I was like, guys, I was like, I've had the most spiritual conversations. Like, you wouldn't believe the things I've talked about with Uber drivers. I'm like, Lord, bless those conversations. I was like, I just really hope I can have a nice, restful flight. Before I get home late at night and have to get up for the work week on Monday. The Lord had other plans, my friends. We get on the flight, and no joke, of course, it starts. And, and you know, I said hi to the woman, and she says hi. And she's like, oh, are you flying back to Madison? Yeah, I'm flying back to Madison. She asks me what I do. I say I'm a pastor, and bam, there it happens. She starts telling me everything. But it was one of those holy moments where I was like, Lord, I cannot deny that you are here. Your spirit is meeting me right here in this space. And it ended up being this beautiful conversation where this woman has never set foot in a church before. And she has all these questions about the Jesus that we believe in. And I find myself, like, stuttering to tell her, like, the basic gospel. She's like, well, what about this? And what about that? And I get to share with her all this stuff. And then she ends it with, like, but why do you believe this stuff? And I got to share with this woman about how Jesus has changed my life and continues to change my life and that I'm so in love with him that I can't look anywhere else but to following him and giving my life for him. And we got to sit there and I got to tell her that, 
you know, about our church because she's from Madison and invite her to come and to get her number and to have this relationship all in this space where I, if I'm being honest, not only was I not expecting God to show up, but I didn't really want him to in the moment. I wanted my peace. I wanted my quiet. And God's like, but I'm moving and I'm stirring things in people's hearts that, that, that I need you to be willing to partner with me and to participate in helping the kingdom come here to earth. Because this is the thing. The last thing we see that Jesus does is he ascended into heaven and he empowered us to partner with him in fulfilling his mission. And Pastor Natalie is going to talk about that more next week. But, but one of the things that we see a lot that we end up doing is sometimes if we're not careful, we get to this place when we invite Jesus to come and to be Lord of our lives and we surrender our lives to him and then we just think, okay, now I'm just going to wait until someday I go to heaven. But what if Jesus did, wasn't raised back to life so that we could just wait until earth goes to heaven. But what if he was raised back to life so that heaven could come down to earth? And that because he lives, we too can live in a way where everywhere we go, heaven is coming down to earth. What if we didn't have to just wait until we die to experience the fullness of who Jesus is, but we can believe what the Bible tells us? That he came from heaven to earth so that we can experience life and experience it to the full in the here and now and partner with him in fulfilling his mission. We're going to keep reading this last part of Luke 24. It says, And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate in his presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses. And the prophets and the Psalms, what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached and in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So here's the thing, and sometimes we can skip over pieces like this and say, what is he talking about? He's explaining scriptures and the process and the prophets and all of that. But what he's doing is he's referencing a couple different things. He's referencing in Genesis 22, which you can go back, where um, there are certain things that he's saying, trying to make come to life for them, that the needy breaks back to life is fulfilling what the Old Testament has said. He's also referencing a time in Psalms 22. And here's the interesting thing about these scriptures. So in Genesis 22 is the first time that love was mentioned in a sacrificial way when Abraham sacrificed Isaac. And that was the same mountain that Jesus would later be sacrificing. In Psalm 22, it gives detailed account of the crucifixion, but at that time, that was hundreds of years before the crucifixion was even invented. So Jesus is helping them see through both experience, right? So he's showing them, like, here, see my hands. Come, you're eating with me. And even that, like, he's eating to show them, like, I'm not a ghost. I need to eat. I'm flesh. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm human. Give me something to eat. So he's showing them, he's giving them this experience, up close and personal, but he's also telling them what scriptures have said. Once again, pointing to that, he's like, I'm going to show you, but I'm also going to tell you the truth and the prophecies of what have happened. There were so many prophecies that Jesus came and he fulfilled. Nobody could ever, ever do anything like that. Now, a lot of people make a lot of predictions, right? A lot of predictions. But it's hard to then actually fulfill those prophecies. I mean, I can stand up here and I can predict, like, hey, one day, like, I'm going to have a child. 
Now, like, that's pretty likely. I potentially could someday have a child. But even if not physically, I could adopt a child. There's a lot of ways that, that I could kind of fit that to come together. But when Jesus is saying, and, and when the Old Testament is saying that he's going to come and he's going to be raised back to life, um, this one theologian, Peter Stoner, he said that the odds of someone fulfilling even eight of the prophecies that were prophesied over Jesus is one in ten to the seventeenth power. And another way, if you're not a math person like me, another way you can think of this is that if you fill the state of Texas two feet thick with silver dollars and you pre-marked one of them with a dot and you told someone blindfolded to go and to find that silver dollar with the black dot, the likelihood of them finding that is the same likelihood that Jesus could have fulfilled every single prophecy and every single prediction that was ever made about him. So he wanted them to know and to remember that this has been prophesied, that this has been told to you, and, and that this is, is both something that I want you to see and I want you to hear. So why does this matter that, that he's explaining this to them? Well, again, I think it's pointing to the character of God that he's willing to sit with them with other questions. That, that he's willing to help them see it in all these different ways. And it's showing us that we do need both his word and his wonder. Because again, Jesus knew that these experiential moments weren't going to be enough. But they needed the power of his word. And then the power of his Holy Spirit, which he promises at the end of this to come. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up as we get ready to close today. See, the thing is that we see here is for us to walk by faith is to walk without sight. And so we're going to need moments where we sit with Jesus, where we experience him face to face, and we allow him to come in and continue to speak to us and to know us. But what I love is that Jesus revealed himself to them orally through the word, where he reminded them of these things. And he did that also then by breaking the bread is when it says that their eyes were open. Because they were reminded of his broken body. They were reminded of that last supper with him. They were reminded of the experience that they had. And so sometimes I think we find ourselves in these places where we're just waiting for Jesus. We're waiting for him to come. We're waiting for him to speak to us, to say something. And I want to encourage you today that if you're in a place like that, maybe go back to think, when is the last time I experienced Jesus? And do I need to be reminded of that? Well, what is the scripture telling me about Jesus? And do I need to be reminded of that? Because again, way too much of our life is waiting for heaven. Waiting for Jesus to take us to heaven, to take earth to heaven when he came to bring heaven to earth. And then he wants to do that for all of us. And so we have to be reminded that we are already victorious, that we already have access to relationship to the full and Jesus didn't die on the cross to pay the price for our sins. Raised back to life three days later to say, okay, I'll see you now when you die. That's not why he came. He came to have a relationship with us that starts in the here and it starts in the now. I mean, can you imagine if you're standing there at the altar getting ready to, to enter into this covenant marriage with someone and then right after you're like, see you in 40 years when we retire? What kind of marriage or relationship is that? No, no, you enter into those covenant relationships so that you can have a relationship. So you can continue to partner with that person and to live life. And Jesus wants that for us. He wants us to partner with him. And there's a few things that I want to hit on as we close. And that's this. It's remembering today that the devil cannot defeat you. Because we, through the power
power of Jesus Christ are already victorious. He cannot defeat you, but here's what he can do. He can discourage you. He can, he can cause you to doubt, and he can distract you. Okay? He cannot defeat you, but he can discourage you. He can cause you to doubt, and he can distract you. Right? The devil can get you in a place where you're just constantly discouraged. And sometimes, like, let's be honest, that can happen even in spaces like this, where maybe he's going to get you to compare yourself to someone. And he's going to say, well, I'm not where they are, or I don't know my Bible like they do. Why does it feel like I can't get over things and I can't forgive people the way that this person on the other side of the room can? Who's going to try to discourage you? And what kind of person wants to be in a space like that? But Jesus came to encourage you, to lift you up, to remind you of who he created you to be, and that you are victorious. Right? If the devil can get you to doubt the character of God and the heart of God, it's going to make you not want to be in that relationship. But Jesus is saying, like, you can come to me with everything. Yeah. He's walking alongside those people. But in order to have a relationship of death, we're going to have to continue to remind ourselves that we are victorious. Yeah. And so, again, I want you to, to write this down and remember this, that when you can't hear God's voice, and when you can't recognize him and you're saying, God, where are you in all of this? To ask yourself these questions. God, what did you already speak to me? What did you already speak to me? Jesus is reminding them of the word and what he spoke to them when he appears to them. And where have I already seen you, Jesus? Where have I experienced you? When was the last time that you felt the presence of God? He reminded of that. He reminded them of his broken body. He reminded them of the last supper, of the time that they were together face to face. But so many people, and even then in this passage we see, they ignore the fact that Jesus told them exactly what was going to happen. But although they had experienced it and they heard it, they got distracted so fast. Where in our lives are we ignoring Jesus, the things that he already told us to do, the ways that he already has appeared to us? Because he died to have a relationship with us, but it's going to take us investing into that relationship. It's going to take us stewarding that relationship. So I'm going to invite you to stand today. And there's a few things that I want to do uh, as we close. We're going to just spend some time worshiping. Because I think for some of us, maybe we need to sit with the Lord today and ask Him some of these questions, or just be reminded of His glory and who He is. And then the other thing that I want you to do this week is I want you to sit with the Lord and, and invest in your rule of life. And so if you've been here at All That New Culture, and if you're new, I'll explain it. Um, we have this thing called the rule of life, which is a set of practices that we're committed to to help us be with Jesus, become like Him, and do what He did. They're at the welcome table there, but I want to talk about some daily practices in your life. Uh, have you yet gotten in the rhythm of the habit of daily scripture and prayer? Because we're going to recognize Jesus' voice, we're going to need to learn his voice, scripture and prayer, to talk to him every day, to take breaks throughout our day, and then to end our days with examine and gratitude. And even today, this is, this in a way, is an examine of saying, God, like, what do I need to be reminded of? Where have you been moving that I've been missing you? But to encourage you today, invest in your relationship with Jesus. Because someday when we get to heaven, it's either going to be the reunion with the greatest friend of all time that we cannot wait to see face to face, or it's going to be getting to know Jesus for the first time. Right? I want it to be the most incredible reunion with my best friend when I see Jesus face to face for the first time. And so that relationship starts here and now. And so to be reminded that Jesus has time to sit with you, he has time to answer your questions. And he wants to appear to you. So some of you today, maybe you're like, I need 
right now, I need him to speak something. I, I need something to happen. I want you to worship and to pray in that type of way. And then some of you, maybe you're like, I have questions, but like, I just need to process with the Lord. Write it down. Remember it. And remember that Jesus did all of this for relationship with you, and he wants to partner with you to bring heaven to earth, starting in the here and the now. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to worship. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for speaking to us today. God, we just invite your Holy Spirit to just come in this place. God, will you appear to us up close and personal in the same way that you appear to all of these people after your resurrection. God, if some of us just need to feel your hands and feel your touch, God, would you do that today when you show up in this room? Lord, for those of us that maybe there's questions that we have, God, will you help us to bring that to you, to lay it down? God, will you come and take even this common space and will you make it divine today? Will you show up in just this room, downtown Madison, in a mighty and a powerful way that reminds us of who you are, who you came to be, and all of your promises, Jesus. So we love you. We ask this in your name. As I was praying, there's two things that I felt like somebody needed to hear today. The first is that if you're here and you've been waiting for Jesus to appear, um, to surrender expectations today of what you're looking for. Because I believe that he wants to exceed those expectations and it might not look like what you're expecting. So if you're here today and you just need to, to hear that, to just take a moment and to just pray that and to believe that and say, God, I'm going to surrender the expectations and I'm waiting for you. And the second thing that, that I just felt was in my spirit was for some of us to not be discouraged if the way he's choosing to appear to us and to speak looks different than, than the people around us. Um, and, and remembering that some people heard what Jesus said and believed and others people had to see it and to feel it and to touch it. So don't be discouraged today about God speaking to you. So Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that we can hear you, that we can feel you, that we can trust you, we can put our faith in you, God, and that you did all of this for relationship. And so I pray that we would leave here encouraged with hope that you want to speak, that you want to move, that you want to partner with us to continue to bring heaven to earth. So we thank you for this, Jesus, in your precious name we pray. Amen. Okay, one last thing we're going to do today. Um, it's always a bittersweet thing that we love to do at our church, and that's to celebrate when God is bringing people from Madison and sending them to where we have them next. And so we are going to invite the Lee family up here um, and pray for them. So I'm going to give you guys the mic in a second if you want to say anything. Um, for those of you who don't know, Nate and Alyssa have served as Chi Alpha missionaries, so campus missionaries working with university students for many years, specifically in Madison for the past four years. Um, so we planted it six years ago, and two years in, they were brave enough to move their family here. Well, as a couple, they moved here soon. The, the baby started coming. Um, but Nate and Alyssa were also some of the founding members of New Culture Church, the first people that were showing up um, in that dingy nightclub on University. Uh, they were some of the first parents to leave their child in a wine lounge and when we had no kids space. And trust, we did our best to clean those sticky floors. Um, and Taylor, who's running around here somewhere downstairs, um, was the first baby we dedicated at New Culture Church to the Lord in that nightclub. Um, and so they have been um, just such huge, huge parts of what God has been doing in Madison. And knowing that you guys are truly not leaving this city the same. And
and I am so grateful for your friendship that these past few years we've been able to walk alongside and to bring heaven to earth in this city. I'm just forever grateful for the impact that you guys have had on all of us, whether years from now people will know your names to know that you have been a part of building this foundation. So we love you guys, and I'll pass my you guys the culture is so special to us. We just, from the moment that we moved here and Levi and I made sure that they were um, going to be planting a church kind of alongside, I don't know, we just knew that new culture was where we were meant to be, um, and we're so, so grateful for the community that we've had over the years, um, and so we know that you are part of a very special thing and a very special community, and we're just really grateful that we got to be part of it for as long as we did. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really been being a part of this great church. Uh, it's so cool to see uh, something go from just an idea to something that is really ministering to people uh, here in this, this area. It's, it's so cool to see what God can do. And I know God's going to do some amazing things through this church and in this church. Uh, it's just a really special. It's really special. So... Thank you for welcoming us. Thank you for the time that we spent here. All right, will you guys stretch your hand forward as we pray and bless the Lee family? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Nate, for Alyssa, for Taylor, for Jackson, God, for the way that you so clearly led them to be in Madison for such a time as this. Lord, little did they know just what they were going to be a part of, the legacy they were going to be a part of, God, but we know that you are continuing to write an incredible, incredible uh, story with their family, and they're choosing to be obedient to you in all seasons and all situations. So God, we just pray for this move. God, we pray for smooth transition. We pray for just Holy Spirit's strategy as they continue to make new friends and, and establish relationships with family. And God, that you would just continue to use them to be your hands and feet and to create your culture everywhere they go, Lord. So we thank you and we bless them and we ask all this in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, we love the keys. Make sure you give them a great big hug.